listening to Chillin' Grace, the lifestyle podcast for women disrupting the norm by chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with successful women to disrupt the norm by trusting themselves with what they want for their life, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just this. We all deserve to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to know we aren't alone when what we want for our life may seem too big, too different, or too weird. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to it. Welcome to episode 11 of Chill and Grace. I am Holly Crevo, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I hope that wherever this finds you, things are starting to get back to normal. You can't see me, but I definitely are going to normal. Um, I don't think life is going to look anything like normal to us for a while. I, I was in the camp of thinking, you know, hey, we'll be quarantined for a while, and then things will kind of adjust back. And I just don't think that's the case. So it's going to be different for for all of us moving forward. Um, we are currently in Norway and things are starting to open back up for us. You can go get a tattoo. You can go get your hair cut. Kids are back in school. Restaurants, I believe, opened up yesterday more so um, more than in the past. And I feel like we're all in this place, no matter where you're at, where we're cautiously optimistic. Um, we all want this to work, but we're also afraid that like the whole class is going to get in trouble because like a couple of people, you know, we're all like, Hey, Tommy, like don't blow it for all of us. Um, but I just want you to know that however you're feeling right now, if you're scared, if you're worried, if you think it's too soon, if you think it's too late, if you're worried about your health or your finances, or you're just in a place of, you don't know what to think that is okay. Um, it is okay to still feel like we're in a time of transition because we are. I just hope that wherever you're at, that you're staying focused on taking care of your physical health, your mental health, your relationships, and really just taking care of you as we embark on this new normal. And another piece of this, I've talked to several people and they've mentioned how obviously they're, they know we can't stay in this place and there's been a long-term damage that will be done to the economy, to lives, to companies, but that they're a little sad when this will be over because they've found glimpses of slowing down, of spending time on what matters, of not saying yes to all the things they don't want to say yes to because they felt the pressure, and that this has been a respite for them. And I think that's so great that we're still able to carry something with us from this, even when it was a hard time, that we're able to take some lessons from what was a very challenging time and that we can implement into our new life or our life moving forward when things do start to adjust. So if this is you, I'm proud of you for recognizing this. And I really hope that you can figure out a way to implement that into your life moving forward. It's for me, it's a lot of kind of just being more intentional with my relationships and having those honest conversations of how are you doing? Not great. Today was not a great day. Tomorrow will most likely be better or maybe the day after that. Um, but really trying to um, be more vulnerable in like relationships. And another one for me, which has been interesting, is being more flexible. I love to schedule. I love my planner. I've had a paper planner since I was 18. And um, just I love to schedule my day. But it's been different with not other stuff, um, other obligations. I'm able to work. And also, we're in Norway where it's the sun's rising about 5.30 and setting about 10. So I'm staying up later. I'm still getting up early, but I'm just trying to give myself some ebb and flow, which I haven't been. So it's been a fun project for me to be a little more flexible. So whatever that is for you, I really encourage you to figure out how you can implement that into life moving forward. 
And so let me get down to today. So today I sat down, sit down with Shelly Perneau. She's a published author and certified coach who I met through a meetup group called Babes Without Babes when I was in Austin. When I started working with the child-free community, um, I started looking around at what groups there were. You know, I think there's so many groups for um, moms, for single women, for moms of young children, for um, professions, but I didn't see a lot of groups out there for child-free women. And I found that with Babes Without Babes. And I went to my first event, and it was so interesting because you don't realize how much you miss a community of like-minded people for whatever that is for you. Um, whatever your kind of thing is that maybe you don't see around you, um, you don't realize how much you miss that until you see it. And you're like, oh, this is nice not to discount all the other people in my life or in your life who bring you great joy, but maybe they have a different path. It's really neat to surround yourself by a community of people who get what you did, don't ask a lot of questions, and really respect your decisions. And what I thought was so fascinating about this is I went to two or three events before we ended up moving. But the great thing about this organization, too, was the last thing we talked about was being child-free. Um, you know, it was it was actually probably less talking about that than I would with any other type of social engagement because the question was off the table. You weren't as answering, I don't know, probably not because I don't want to, all those questions. You kind of jumped into what made you you and what you were passionate about, and it kind of byproduct, bypassed that question. So it was really interesting to just um, be in a place of women who are kind of living their life and not talking about this topic that I think a lot of us were not wanting to deal with. Um, so Shelly was so gracious to sit down with me. And like I said, she started this organization about two years ago. And we talked a lot about how this organization started out of anger and resentment of her not seeing people like her around and kind of feeling left behind when people moved forward with their family. And how it really, she looked around and kind of said, this, this why is there no group like this? And then she realized, oh, I can start this group, but how it really came out of anger and resentment, which is probably how all really good causes start, right? Or organizations. Um, she talked about how it wasn't really, even though she kind of knew this was a decision and she was living her independent life, it wasn't until her mid-30s when she told her father, who really wanted her to have children, that this was not in the cards for her. And how that was such a confidence builder to say that to somebody she respected, who knew she had expectations out of her, and how good that felt to speak it in that way to, especially to a father figure, or not to a father, to her father. And we wrapped it up talking about how, you know, how, despite being two life coaches on a call, how purpose can kind of really be a crock of, you know what, um, there's a lot of talk about purpose, 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 and purpose in jobs and purpose in relationships and purpose in this, instead of really seeing what's going to light me up and then how do I find my purpose from that? Or do I need to find purpose in every single thing I do? Or what's my why? So I thought it was really interesting to hear her conversation about how, um, how we, how we now look at purpose. So I had such a great time with her and I hope you enjoy this podcast just as much as I did. Um, I never was really interested, you know, in the whole prospect of having kids, you know, it, it was, it was never something that appeared on my radar screen. Um, you know, when I was younger, I, um, uh, you know, I played with dolls, but I, I never played that I was mothering them. Okay. <laughs> You know how, how girls will kind of like go around with the doll and, you know, they've got their dolly or something. I, you know, I, I never really played those kinds of games. And so, um, 
I always felt like there was, you know, um, I, I was I was never getting the calling. Um, and I know some women really deeply do get it. And I think that's a wonderful thing to the extent that you feel it and, and then you want to honor it and you're able to have kids and, and to make that a reality. That's fantastic. Um, you know, but then I think there's also a lot more women who don't really ever feel like a, um, a strong calling that that's for them. And, you know, I was kind of, I, I made some, you know, statements earlier in my life, in my 20s, that I didn't see myself having kids. But, you know, as I got older, I was, I mean, I, I wasn't against it. You know, I guess I was kind of, um, uh, you know, open to whatever would happen. Um, but then um, I got married later in life. So um, my husband and, and, and I, um, I was 36 when I was, uh, when I got married to him, he was about 40. And um, at that point, you know, we had kind of talked about it, but we both decided that it really wasn't for us. Um, and that, um, that was actually quite a change from, from the way that my family operated. So I, you know, um, I felt a lot of guilt about that choice for a long time because um, I've got two parents and one younger sister um, and the younger sister is most likely not going to have kids as well because she just turned 40 and um, she's chosen, you know, more of a child free path and she's not in a relationship. So I don't think that's going to happen for her. Um, and um, I, I felt a lot of guilt around it. Um, and, and, and I got a lot of pressure, um, particularly from my dad. Um, when I was in my thirties that I needed to be having kids. <laughs> uh, and so that was really tough for me because my dad, um, was always like a real pivotal person in my life. And, mm -hmm. um, we had been, um, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, he, he, for all intents and purposes, you know, had, had been really present and had done a lot of things to help me and my sister. And so I obviously wanted to please him very much. So, but at the same time, it was really important for me to honor my own choices. And so, um, yeah, there was a certain point, I guess it was maybe around like 37, 38, where he was putting a lot of pressure on me. He was even cornering my husband and putting a lot of pressure on my husband, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which was slightly annoying. Vincent and I used to laugh about it. And, um, you know, I, I think, and I finally just told him one day that I don't live for you. Like, like me being here and, and being in this existence, um, you know, you've given me the opportunity to, um, you know, develop myself and, and, you know, you taught me to be strong and you taught me to be independent and whatnot. And now that I'm at this point in my life and I'm making these choices and you don't like them, it's almost like you, 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 you know, it's like, it's okay. Um, choose your own path as long as it's what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute, you don't want to do what I want to do. Right. It's like, do whatever you want as long as it's what, as long as it's what I want you to do. And so um, that was really difficult for me. I mean, I, I, um, I spent, you know, um, a fair amount of time agonizing about that, probably more than I should have. Um, and it showed up in my relationship, you know, with my parents for a long time in that I kind of distanced myself um, from them because, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't live up to what their expectation was. 
Um, and, and that's shifted now, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm in my early forties now. And I think, you know, it's pretty clear that things are pretty much settled on that front. Um, but I, but I also think it was important to, um, to have a few role models of women who had made different choices. And so I, um, I, on my mother's side, I've got one aunt who never had kids and, um, and had, you know, and, and that wasn't necessarily maybe a conscious choice. I think it kind of worked out that way based on the fact that she got divorced um, at a certain point and um, the guy that she was married to initially was an abusive guy physically. And so, um, you know, didn't have the opportunity to have kids, but yet she kind of owned that choice and, um, you know, worked on her career and she was very, um, she was very driven by that and um, relatively high up at an energy company in Houston. And so, you know, it was, it was nice because I was actually able to put her on a pedestal um, and have somebody to look up to who had, who had just had a different path. Um, cause everybody in my family had kids. <laughs> so like all my cousins, um, you know, all my other aunts and uncles, you know, it was just, it, it was just, um, a foregone conclusion that this is what you do. You know, you get married, you have kids, um, and, and this is the focus of your life. And it just never had really appealed to me all that much. So it was nice to actually have my analysis, somebody who, you know, had, had kind of, going out on a slightly different path and that, and somebody I could look up to. And we formed a really close relationship when I was younger. And I think that was really helpful um, in navigating all that. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And so was she kind of the first person you saw modeling what a life could be like without children? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. The more I think about it, you know, she was, she was successful um, you know, attractive, um, you know, had an interesting career, um, you know, had traveled quite a bit at certain points internationally because of it. Um, and so I, I, you know, she, she drove a cool car, you know, I mean, she was kind of the, and that did, <laughs> that did all the cool things. And, um, you know, she had her own money, you know, she, she was definitely kind of in charge of her life. And so I, I, I suppose, you know, as a younger, young woman, you know, somebody working her way through high school and college and whatnot, I often would look to her and think that's the life that I want. You know, it, it's, it, she's modeling more what I'm interested in rather than, um, some of my other aunts or uncles who were stay at home moms and, and um, I have a lot of respect for that. Don't get me wrong. I, and I think that as women, I think we can support each other more um, relative to our choices. Because I don't think there's such a thing as a wrong choice. I, I think I think the important thing is that choices are conscious choices. Um, th that's the only point I would make about that is that you know we we really choose the choice um, and we're conscious about why we want it or why we don't want it. <clears throat> So yeah, but she she probably was the main person, um, the role model that I looked up to. What a blessing to have her, and like you said, to see success on all fronts for her. Because I think there's a stereotype maybe that women without children are old spinsters and angry and mean. <laughs> <laughs> she was just living her best life. She was, and you know, and I think in her case, you know, if there had been the opportunity to have kids, if she had been in a committed relationship, you know, in a healthy 
um, committed marriage, she might have chosen differently and she probably would have ended up having kids. Um, but just noticing as well that she was living a really full life without that. Because I, I think that there's also this um, this perception or, or and I don't, I'm not exactly sure where it comes from. Um, I've heard it said, um, and it might be a limited belief, um, that, you know, your life isn't, isn't ever going to be full unless you have kids or you're missing out on something really big if you don't have kids. Um, and, and, and who knows, you know, maybe there is some truth to that in a certain extent, because I think your life will be very different if you make that choice. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it means your life is bad. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of limited beliefs out there around it. <laughs> right. And is that something you still, you face still like the. No, I don't think so. Society. No, it's interesting. Cause you know, I think we all are anyone who is making a choice to be child free. You know, I think we're all kind of on our own journey and we're all navigating that in our own way. I know for me, it was more my mid to late thirties where, you know, I, I was kind of working through um, the consequences of that choice and, and the expectations of my family and the expectations of friends and, and whatnot. And now that I'm on the other side of my forties and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 43 in a few weeks. I, I really kind of feel like I've left that part behind. Um, if that makes sense. Um, I, I don't have, you know, I'm not trying to reconcile any of that anymore. Um, you know, I know what I've chosen and I, I feel pretty secure in that at this point. And just really grateful that I had the, um, that I had the strength to actually make the choice and, and own it, if that makes sense. Mm. And you, you talked earlier about, you know, really making, there's no bad choices. It's just kind of the best choice for mm -hmm. your conscious decision. Is that, how did you come to that conscious decision where you felt yeah. like you could own it? Yeah. Um, how was that's that an you? interesting question. Um, I, you know, and I think when I think back, you know, maybe it was that there was one time in particular where I really had to stand up to my dad and, and I just said to him, you know, very plainly, I, I'm not living my life for you. Like, I, I understand that this is important to you and I understand that these are the choices that you made, but I'm not living for you. And, and there was something, I guess, symbolic about that, that, you know, I'd finally realized that, you know, that there were boundaries between us. And I think I kind of struggled a little bit with the boundaries. Um, and I don't, I don't like to use that term too much because I feel like sometimes it's kind of psychobabble. But, um, but I, you know, I do think that sometimes we see ourselves as an extension of our parents or the people that came before us. And so we're, we're doing everything to try to please them and, and without recognizing that, no, these are separate entities. We're, we're separate beings. And, mm -hmm. um, and there, there is a natural boundary there. You know, so I, I think in that moment, like things kind of shifted for me after that because I had really stood up to him um, quite strongly and and recognized that, you know, he's a human being with faults, too. And, you know, a lot of what he was doing in our relationship was was frankly manipulation. <laughs> to get his own way mm -hmm. and because that's how he knows how to operate. <laughs> so 
I think that was kind of a, a turning point or a shifting point um, in my relationship with him. Um, and as well, you know, I, I had had him uh, in an altercation with a, a cousin. Um, and this was right before I got married, where we'd had an argument um, before um, me and Vincent's wedding, where she had said that every woman should have children. And I had gotten quite angry at her. And um, you know, just working through those things as well. Um, and, and we're at a point where we're reconciled and we talk all the time, but also working through that um, and, and, and standing up for myself through that, um, you know, what was kind of a big turning point um, and, and recognizing, you know, her perspective, but also sharing that, you know, every woman like you should have children, not necessarily every woman like me. Mm. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. And like you said, women need to, as we know, support um, the, I guess, remove ourselves right. from other people's decisions. It's not a personal vendetta just because I decide to do something that you right right you know it's just recognizing each other's choices you know and 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 they're perfectly valid um from you know from where each of us is at you know as long as we're, we're making a conscious choice I mean there's plenty of women that I look at and I would and I could completely see how their life would not be full if they didn't have a baby because that's really important to them like my sister-in-law, like she, you know, Helen, you know, she, she's never wanted anything but to have children, you know, so for her to be able to do that, like that's a huge part of her purpose and what she wants to bring to the world. I, I things kind of broke open for me when I started realizing too, that it wasn't that I, I wasn't making the, the choice to not have children because I was selfish that, that was something that I had to kind of reconcile um, within myself because I also think there's a limited belief going around that women who don't have kids are selfish. And um, I, I actually like had to learn to reframe that. And that's when things also kind of broke open for myself because what I realized was um, I don't necessarily want to put all of my energy into, a, into developing another human being the work that I do as a coach, the work that I do as a leadership development trainer and facilitator, um, I, I'm all about helping develop other people so they can see their full potential. And so I, it's almost like I've chosen, instead of putting all my energy into one being, to minister to a huge flock, so to speak. And, and to be able to share my, my mothering, nurturing, because I have it too. I mean, we have it just as much, I think, sometimes as is women who have kids, but I wanted to nurture and mother in a different way, a way that felt more meaningful to me. Mm. And, and actually being able to look at, at the choice through that reframe really blew things open for me as well. Because prior to that, I was just telling myself, maybe I'm just selfish, but I knew that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Deep down, I knew that wasn't true. Um, especially when I look at like my vocation and what I've chosen to do with my life, you know, um, when I changed my career, it's all about nurturing. It's all about helping, you know, mother, you know, the next generation of women leaders or, or even male leaders and, and, and helping people, you know, see their best selves and develop. I mean, what could be more nurturing than that? So that's a, yeah, that's amazing. And like you, that probably, um, I would imagine kind of took some, like guilt away because you felt selfish and just a sense of yeah. weight lifted 
to think because you probably knew in your core you're not a selfish yeah, person you're absolutely like, no, like, absolutely I mean that was part of my gremlin you know telling me I'm selfish and <laughs> it, it rears its ugly head from time to time but I I you know I must have heard that at some point you know I again limited beliefs are powerful and and you know who knows exactly where they come from I mean we might hear something that somebody says or we might see something on TV or you know and all of a sudden there's this narrative that gets formed in your brain that if I don't do this then you know it's the if then if then mm -hmm. and it's so not true you know and 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 looking at myself as a nurturing person um, and, and, and everyone's my child. That's actually how I look at it now. Like all of my clients, um, and not in a, um, not in a parochial way, like, I, like I'm mothering them or telling them what to do, but I look at, I look at all my clients as, you know, the opportunity for me to share that nurturing with them. Um, and, and what a gift is that? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And then they, it opens them up to nurture their people. Exactly. Little ripple exactly so um i hopefully i answered your question <laughs> yeah no i don't remember what it was now <laughs> no i love it i love it i love it you know talking about like selfishness what would i think that's something that comes up a lot and probably even something that that like still pops up for me when you hear it you know because i think people think oh must be nice to do this or must be nice to do that um when you don't yeah. have kids or, you know, th the expectation or assumption that you just have a ton of free time sure. um, or no goals or things that take your time. What advice would you give for somebody that's maybe a little younger? That's, that's a big kind of limiting belief they have. Like what helped you kind of yeah. come through that? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I think, you know, what's coming up for me as you asked that is, um, it's so easy to, I think, be hard on yourself and also, um, you know, going back to the old adage, the grass is always greener on the other side. I, I think, you know, anything that you're, you're dealing with in life or working your way through, I think there's always that tendency to think that the other side is better somehow, or maybe they know better, um, or they're, they're more enlightened than you are. And ultimately, it's really not true. I mean, we're, we're all doing the best we can with the current level of consciousness that we have, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever that may be. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I think, um, I think just knowing that you can't really make a mistake where any of this is concerned because I fundamentally believe that, mm -hmm. you know, we only call a mistake something uh, we, we only call a mistake a mistake in hindsight. And if you, if you think about that and you really, really think about that, you know, if you embrace that, that becomes freeing because I can't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're always doing the best we can in the current moment in time with the level of consciousness that we have with what we're trying to achieve. And yeah, maybe in hindsight, we would have made a different choice or done something differently, but that's hindsight. We only ever label a mistake a mistake through that lens. So I, I think maybe just understanding that, you know, that the choices that you make and the road that you're on, you know, there's no mistake with that. And, you know, you'll, because I, I, I often feel that, that folks who are younger, um, 
and maybe this is just me in, in terms of who I've worked with or, or how I tend to view the generations, but I often feel like everyone's running around trying to find their purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that they, uh, maybe they watch like too many Elizabeth Gilbert clips or something um, talking about the hero's journey or whatever. Um, but everyone's running around like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of not living up to my full potential. And I often find that really, really interesting because it's like we're, we're all out there kind of searching for something that's going to fulfill us or complete us or um, I'm, I'm going to find the perfect vocation or the perfect job or whatever it is. And, and, and it's, you know, I'm going to have this magical feeling of, of complete fulfillment and whatnot. And if I if I don't, then my life will have been wasted. Mm. <laughs> and and I, 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 I've noticed this kind of more and more and more with, with younger generations and which is in a way kind of great because we're all looking for self-actualization. You could argue that this is a good problem to have, um, that a lot of our basic needs are met, you know, as far as Maslow's hierarchy, you know, is concerned if you buy into that. But ultimately it's not about, it's not about finding purpose. Um, it's not about, um, uh, finding something outside of yourself. You know, I, I often tell people that like it's when I do career coaching or when we're, when I'm talking about careers with people, it's not about falling in love with something. It's about falling in love with yourself. And then your career becomes an extension of that. And, and so I think, and I don't, I've probably gone off on a really huge tangent, but I, I do feel that um, a lot of people are just worried about making a mistake or not living up to their potential or they're feeling that fear and it, it's unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's really unnecessary it, to, you know, the, the purpose of your life is, is to be, it, it's not, it's not to do anything, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people get, get kind of like weirded out by. It's like, what do you mean? Like the purpose of your life is to exist. It's just to be. There's no, there's no other purpose than that. Yeah, and it's definitely gotten lost along the way, isn't hasn't it? Well, it, it's gotten hugely lost because you know, and and I, you know, and what we're going through right now with this whole coronavirus thing, um, it, it's kind of bringing it full frontal for a lot of people because people are bored, kind of having to sit with themselves. And, you know, we keep ourselves in a constant tailspin of being busy so we don't actually have to look at ourselves or um, just be, you know, we're very uncomfortable with that. We're very uncomfortable just sitting in silence. We're, we're you know, particularly as a society, um, I think most Western cultures struggle with this big time. Um, and, and it's kind of part of the human experience, frankly. Yeah, just to kind of, and I love that you said that, you know, kind of fall in love with yourself. And that's, I think, when you probably really start to make those conscious decisions, because you really know at your core, what is important to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, everything calms down. Um, Everything quiets down in your head, you know, when, when you can really tap into that, that genuine love and appreciation for yourself and who you are like all the other voices just calm down mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of shut, shut it down a little uh-huh. how after you kind of really you know it sounds like the turning point was kind of like telling your dad I'm not having you know 
this is kind of a, this topic is over. I'm not having kiddos. What else changed for you in your life? Did you notice that kind of affect other areas of your life? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, um, you know, I, I think it changed my relationship with him in that I, I recognized that um, I didn't have to please him, you know, in, in order to get love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it, it, it's having enough respect for yourself and love for yourself that, that, that you can stand up for yourself and, and, you know, have those difficult conversations with people because um, I think we're, we're, we're so hardwired um, and programmed to want to belong and, and, and to think that we have to keep earning love from people um, and we have to keep kind of, um, what's the word I would use? Um, we have to keep performing for it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, if, if I say all the right things and I do all the right things and um, if I tick all the boxes I'm supposed to tick, then I'll get love um, from people um, or I'll be accepted or I'll have that sense of belonging. And I, I think um, it, it, it definitely changed the dynamic of our relationship in that um, I wasn't looking to him to give me something um, that I needed to feel whole or complete. It, it was the realization that I could give it to myself. Mm. Mm. I love that. So kind of just more, it kind of probably gave a little more confidence. And I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think every time that you, you know, you stand up for, for um, the choice that, you know, you intuitively know is right for you. um, It's an opportunity to learn to love yourself a bit more. Yeah. And kind of just really honor what's important to you. Yeah. By that to other people. I think so. And I think, you know, and, and maybe as well, um, that whole experience gave me as well the, um, the wherewithal to, to, you know, come up with the, the idea for Babes Without Babes. Um, you know, I, I think that helped with that because, um, you know, I felt strong enough maybe to, to, um, to confront that when I needed to. So, so maybe I felt more confident about just putting it out there and mm-hmm. being who I was. That's lovely. And yes, I'm so glad you brought up Babes Without Babes because that's how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, you said that kind of spur, when did that start? What year did you start Babes Without Babes? So I started it about two years ago. Um, so it would have been, yeah. So we're in 2020. It would have been April around March, April time of 2018. And um, uh, what what spurred it, I mean, it's kind of an interesting story because um, I, what, what spurred it was um, anger. <laughs> Like all good causes, right? Anger. Right. Well, it actually started out of anger and, and a bit of resentment, if I'm completely honest, because um, uh, I um, and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of water under the bridge with this particular relationship. But but um, my best friend and I had kind of been drifting apart for years and years and years. And um, and there there were a lot of undercurrents there that I won't get into. But um 
you know, she had a, a child and I didn't. And um, it, it just, it, it was interesting because um, I probably had some judgment um, with respect to her and how she was mothering her child in that, you know, I was kind of viewing her as a, a helicopter mom or a lawnmower parent or whatever you want to call them these days. Um, and, um, but what I did notice is that over time, you know, um, I, I basically never heard from her anymore and I felt really marginalized and really kind of pushed out of her life because I, I didn't have kids. And, and there were a lot of reasons why the relationship ended actually that had nothing to do um, with her daughter. <laughs> if I'm completely honest about that, now looking back with the benefit of hindsight, but at the time, the way I interpreted it was I'm on the fringes because I don't have um, I don't have a kid and I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of feeling marginalized and excluded um, by some of my friends who have kids. And so it was that that frustration and that resentment that actually like caused me to start babes without babes. <laughs> but, but I mean, what, but what was interesting, like as I was, but and this is the strangest part of it, you know, I, I held off for a while actually, um, because I kept waiting for someone else to do it. Like, sub like unconsciously, I think that's what I was waiting for. Like, surely that there would be already a group doing this. And I kept looking <laughs> on Meetup, and I found like, um, you know, there's there's chapters of No Kidding, which is a group that's it's a co-ed group for men and women um, who don't have kids. And I don't know if they have an age limit on their membership, but I, I went to a couple of their things and they didn't really feel like my tribe. And I really wanted something that was all women, um, particularly because what women, you know, we we have such strong friendships and we create such strong bonds. And so I, I wanted to to limit it to a women only group of a certain age. Um, but there wasn't one. And I kept looking and I kept thinking, like, there's got to be one. There's got to be one. There's got to be one. And then finally, the realization hit me. I was like, maybe I'm supposed to start this. Um, and it, and it was so interesting because I think I was sitting waiting for permission to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was waiting on permission, and I and it's interesting, like permission from who was it? Permission from society, you know. But what was interesting was when Lena and I, you know, we kind of had a, a bit of a I wouldn't say it was a blowout, but when our relationship ended, it was kind of that kick of adrenaline. Um, up the butt, so to speak, you know, to, to finally pull the trigger and, and start it. Um, and lo and behold, like I kept, yeah, I was trying to come up with a name and I found a group um, based up in Edmonton, Canada called Babes Without Babes. So like we're actually the first American chapter um, from a Canadian group. <laughs> And so, like, I, I connected with this woman, Sienna, and we, we, we chat periodically over email still, and, and you know, she sends me their newsletters, and sometimes I pass them on. Um, she's got a 400, like, for a group of 400 active, I mean, they're huge, like, active members up in Edmonton in Canada, and um, she's been growing this for the last 20 years, and you know, she does it quite differently. Um, they, the concept is, is, is a bit different than how I run it. Um, but, you know, I called her up and we had an interesting conversation. And she said, you know, if you end up doing this, you'll be the first person who's contacted me that, that's ever followed through. <laughs> oh, 
interesting. So did you, was that a challenge for you? It kind of was actually, <laughs> because I was like, really? She's like, oh yeah, I get calls all the time from people who want to start their own group and they never do it. And I thought, huh? So, you know, I thought, why, you know, so there is somebody out here doing this. And so I, I went ahead and, and started the group then, and I started it on Meetup, um, where Sienna runs hers, like not through a Meetup app. I don't think they have Meetup in Canada, and, or, or maybe they do, I don't know. Um, but she runs it all through like a website and she's got like a database and, you know, she's very hands-on, um, you know, and, and it, after about, um, and, and it, when I started it, like it took off like wildfire, like our first, first couple of events, we had a hundred percent attendance without charging anything, which is like unprecedented meetup. I mean, it, that never happens. And so I, I knew like as soon as I started it that like there was a need, there was a huge need that wasn't being met. And I couldn't, I, I, when I look back on it now, it's just like, it's amazing to me that that need was there that wasn't being filled. And it's amazing that it took me so long to do it. <laughs> you gave yourself permission to do it. I gave myself permission. I actually had to give myself permission. Um, and it was the anger that finally I was like, I don't give a shit what people think, mm -hmm. you know, if they think I'm some sort of zealot or whatever, I'm going to do this and, you know, and time will tell, um, you know, how I'll be judged for this or, or if I'll be judged or, or what this will look like. Well, I mean, it's continued to grow over the last couple of years. We've just turned two and, um, and I, and I also had to learn to run it my own way. And so you know, um, Sienna had a lot of ideas about how, it, and, and very helpful, very, very helpful about how she thinks it should be done. But I, I ultimately had to take a step back from that and kind of weigh that up and think about what would work best for us, what will work best in Austin, because it is quite different, um, this city from Edmonton. And, um, oh, my cat has just has just come into the room. <laughs> That's it sounds like a baby, and my instinct, I was like, no, it's not a baby. <laughs> no, it's my cat, Bijou. <laughs> so she's in my lap now. She she oh. doesn't like it uh, when I'm on, on um, a call and I don't give her any attention. Well, but, I don't blame her. She, don't she's blame my her. little baby. Um, oh. Yeah, but, but just getting back to the the kind of the journey of the, the club, you know, I, I was getting really burned out about a year into it because I was organizing everything and, you know, and then, you know, you do, there is some administration in that sometimes people complain about things. You, you, you know, you've got to answer those um, questions, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, manage conflict if any shows up, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just getting really burned out. And then I realized, oh, why am I not delegating this more? Mm. And that was a huge turning point for me too. Cause as soon as I, started um uh you know allowing other people to come in and help and uh, other women to set up events i've now got eight hostesses and they basically do everything uh, and i just show up and so it's fantastic <laughs> but, but i what i realized is i'm enjoying it a lot more as well by just giving up control i mean within reason um I, mm -hmm. <laughs> but i mean it allows me um, to step back and just enjoy it and actually get from it what I ultimately wanted, which is just a sense of community. And I, I've, I've really gotten to the point now where I feel like I've been building some strong relationships and, and, and it really does feel like my tribe more. 
Um, and it's a great group of women, and I can show up and we, you know, have brunch or dinner or whatever, and it's just fun. Um, and it's exactly what I intended it to be. And, and because we do charge a little bit for events, you know, we can support charities. And so um, we gave $1,000 end of last year to Emancipat, which is a, um, an, a charity here in Austin that actually does low cost or free spaying and neutering um, for dogs and cats, um, particularly in disadvantaged neighborhoods uh, to help control the pet population. So that was really awesome that we were actually able to do that for Emancipat because what I realized is for a lot of us um, gals who are child free, we all have fur babies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are an important part of our lives. <laughs> and we love them. <laughs> we love our fur babies. We're, we're, and, and so it's so interesting too because I, I had started charging a small fee for each event based off a suggestion that a member made that, you know, people are more apt to show up and honor their RSVP if there's a small fee associated mm -hmm. with it. But then I thought, okay, fair enough, if I do that, you know, I'll use it to cover the expenses of the group, which I feel like is only fair, but then, you know, what do I do with the rest of it? And then I realized, like, there's a huge opportunity for, for all of us to support something that we all care about so much and and when i would tell the ladies that the fees were going to emancipate everybody got so excited about that because it's like wow like we're, we're actually doing something you know mm -hmm. i mean this is actually going towards a, a very worthy cause very willing to be a, you get to be a part of community and help yeah other creatures I mean, obviously you're, I mean, I've been to your events. They're lovely. It's such a great group of women. I think what's interesting is there's, um, there's not even a lot of like child-free talk, right? It's not like you're no. sitting there having this conversation no. or talking about how you don't like kids, which it's just a neat way to meet people that aren't maybe have the distraction of kids. Yeah, um, that's one way to think about it, you know, and, and I've, I've always been really careful about that because it's I, the, the reason why you don't have kids, it, it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter as far as I'm concerned. You know, maybe maybe you, you made a conscious choice. No, this isn't for me. Or maybe you tried really hard to have kids and you weren't mm -hmm. able to. Um, it, I don't screen people, you know, on the basis of that, because ultimately all I want to do is provide a place for women who are child free for whatever reason. Um, that we don't have that distraction. And so, you know, we can work on building relationships. And if that comes up in conversation, it comes up in conversation. Um, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, um, it, it's really a social group. And, you know, and I did take a, a deliberate steer from Sienna on that because, you know, I asked her a lot of these questions like, how, you know, do you screen people? You know, how, how, do, you, how do you do this? And she's like, you know, really, this is about a safe place. It's, it's about... Uh, creating a safe social place for women who don't have kids for whatever reason it's and it's really none of my business <laughs> hmm. as to why somebody does or doesn't you know have kids or or it's really none of my business so I, I kind of leave that to the you know members to talk about if they want you know um or not and that seems to have worked really well yeah no absolutely what has been kind of were there, are there any kind of comments you've had from members or any that have just kind of like really warmed your heart to know what this has done for them or maybe a common theme? Um, I've gotten some, um, I've gotten some emails 
um, from some women just saying like, um, you know, I've been looking for something like this. Um, you know, I'm just so excited that actually Austin has something like this. Um, this is the first thing like this I've ever seen. And it, it's just, it's so, it's really nice to get those emails. Um, it, and I hear it a lot at the events uh, where women will make comments like, um, I'm so glad I found this group or, um, uh, you know, I, this is, you know, this is a great community. Uh, and it really does, it, it excites me to hear that because that was the whole point. Um, and I, I know it is really making a difference for a lot of women because it's like the one place you can go where like you feel instantly understood and, and there's not that like, um, annoying question that you might get asked at a certain point, like, why didn't you have kids? Or <laughs> because I'm, I, that doesn't bother me anymore. Cause like I said, I'm kind of to a point where I'm, I'm kind of like Teflon where that stuff is concerned. Um. Mm-hmm. just because I don't care anymore. But I think a lot of other women are more sensitive to that. Um, and particularly, you know, what I've found is the younger you are, the more sensitive you tend to be to that. And so it's just nice to know that, like, you can come to the space and you're not going to get asked that annoying question. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't have to think, well, why not? Well, you can adopt. Well, what about yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or the disappointment somebody asks you, you're like, no, and they're like, oh, they give nothing in common. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, I think it, so. It's just a place for women where you've got that one thing in common, and 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 whatever else you choose to make of that is up to the individual members. Um, but I know a lot of people have made loads of friends through it, um, and and they meet offline as well and get together, and and I just think that's great to see. Yeah, it's almost like you've started a dating service for child-free women to make. Yeah, I guess that's how I'm kind of looking at it. <laughs> it's like a matchmaking service. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you you have you know I know you're a published author, you're a coach, you've got your fur babies, you build this community. I know you love to travel. How has your life maybe been fuller than you imagined? Having the choice of not having making the choice of not having children. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, so traveling is a really big thing for me. And, um, you know, my husband, um, he really enjoys it as well. And um, so it, it's it's really given us the opportunity to be able to just kind of, we both love to take road trips and we might just jump in the car um, and go off to West Texas or um, we love national parks. We, we've been to know most of the national parks and well not most but a lot of the national parks in the u.s and um that's kind of our spiritual home like we love going to these places and just taking off and hiking for days um you know i i've traveled a lot internationally um traveling's a big thing for me and what's great is that you can you don't have to think about the time of year that you go um well mind you we try to avoid summer because that's when the kids are out of school (laughs) (laughs) But, but it's great because you can, you know, you've got so much more freedom and flexibility. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I also took advantage of that, um, you know, and just thinking about like um, options and starting my own business and, you know, starting my own business, it, it's, it, it's a different type of choice when you're not having to think about supporting 
um, little ones, you know, and, and so, you know, all these things are interrelated. Like I could take more of a risk in my career and do this earlier on. Um, other, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had had kids, um, you know, the, gosh, there's, but then maybe I would have, I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like, um, freedom and flexibility is just such a huge thing. Um, it, it's, it's probably the thing that I value more than anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, and I don't take it for granted. Um, so I, I think, you know, my choices have really honored that. And so it, it's just allowed me to have so much freedom and flexibility with my life. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do with leadership development, like I travel for clients and, you know, last year I was in India for a big chunk and, um, you know, I go to Houston a lot and, and New Orleans and, and all that would be so much more difficult. Like if I had kids in school, you know, you having to arrange childcare. Um, so I can, I can take, I can do a lot more travel. I can take a lot more assignments, um, than, um, often women, you know, can in my place because I, I don't have that. I, I don't have the, um, uh, the, the what's the obligation is not the right word, but I just don't have things tying me down, which is great. Right. No, absolutely. Cause it sounds like you've just, you've done such a great job at really kind of, like you said, making a conscious decision and really honoring what it was you wanted. for. And I think it also, you know, it's interesting because I've had these conversations um, with other child-free women. I also think that when you don't have kids, you can't hide from yourself if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you have to work. Um, I think what I've noticed, and I've noticed it with a lot of the females in my family, is that when they have kids, and, and again, this isn't a you should or you shouldn't, but what I've noticed is is that they the sometimes they tend to live through their children. And so then everything becomes about the child, which obviously I'm sure in many cases it would be, but it's almost like it gives folks an excuse to stop doing the hard work on themselves and kind of looking at some of the demons and the things that are there that are holding you back. Um, and, um, you know, and I think when you are child free, you have the opportunity to really do that deep work. You can't escape it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't, you know, and I don't know if that's good or bad, right or wrong, but, but I think that's just a consequence of making that choice. Um, you really have to address the things that are getting in your way because it's, it's because with kids, I think often you can put a lot of that stuff on the back burner. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it's like, well, I can't do that. Or I right. Don't. Cause I've got kids. You just have other, just like, I think a you have a distraction, distraction and it's but. a priority, right? Because you obviously want your kids mm-hmm. to do well and you need to focus on them. But, but I often think people do that to the extent that then they don't have to look at themselves. Like it's almost an easy way out. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and maybe in a way you curb your growth a bit, you know, there's nowhere to hide when you don't have kids, you have to look at the crap. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think um, I've seen and other women I work, talked with and worked with is you feel more of a responsibility to really own up to who you yeah. are, I think, because you do feel this sense of like, well, if I'm not going to bring life into this world and mother that way, what am I going to do? How am I going to show yeah. up? 
um, there's a responsibility, I think, that a lot of child-free women feel like to really honor yeah. and do the work, like do the, in the quietness of COVID-19 quarantine to sit and do the thinking yeah, <laughs> in the growth. Absolutely. And before. I think that's probably one of the reasons I wrote my book is because I, I needed to give birth to some thoughts and some, and to some of the work that I've been doing on myself in a way of sharing that with others. And I think if I'd had kids, would I have written that book? Would it have been the same book? Would it, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that that was my way also of putting something into the world um, and birthing something in my own way. Contributing yeah. in an impactful way. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think what's interesting and we always do is it's like, I don't know would I have done this if I would have had kids, but I think it's always anchoring back to, but that's not my, right. you know, like always going, well, that, but that's not the choice I right. made. Um, right. Cause I think we all, we all can do that when we think on a decision. Right. Would I have done this? Uh, well, this isn't so lovely. Do you have any parting words as a coach, as a child-free woman um, if there's somebody out there listening that's just, you know, maybe hasn't had that conversation with their parent or haven't mm -hmm. told their spouse how they feel or just haven't stepped into their truth. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess what I would leave a listener with is um, it's a question that um, I went through some, it, it was, I went through some challenging circumstances a year or so ago Um uh, with respect to one of my clients. And when I came out on the other end of it, um, I asked myself the question, what would I do if I didn't have to prove myself? And I guess that's what I'd leave your listeners with, that if it really wasn't about proving anything to anybody at the end of the day, what would you do? And I think what came, came for me around that is it, there's just so much that one can let go of when you're not feeling the need to prove yourself to anybody. Um, and, and, and it really greatly impacts the choices that we make. Mm, that is such a powerful question. I've never heard that question before. That is powerful. Well, cool. Well, then I'll, maybe that's the best way to end. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you saw how the power of community and just seeing people like you in a way can be so powerful, especially when we are embarking on big changes. I hope that if this is you, I encourage you to find a community of like-minded individuals. Um, while I think it's good to keep our network broad and see all different sides, it's also really good when we're struggling with a part of our life that seems different or weird or abnormal to find other people like us. And also Shelly's last question, ah, it got, it was so good. It was, what would I, she asked herself, what would I do if I didn't have to prove myself? And I know that for so many of us, especially as high performers, um, and even if we don't admit it, this is me raising my hand behind the mic, um, we feel a need to prove ourselves. And what would happen for you if you said, I don't need to prove myself to my parents, my spouse, my, my boss, my friends and said, I don't need that. So now what does my life look like? And if you do think you still need to prove yourself, just be really honest about how important that truly is for you. I think so often we get in the race and we go and we do and we want to prove. And then we stop and say, that's not even important to me anymore. It may have been, or it may have been somebody else's expectations, but they're not mine. So I think that was such a great question and one that I'm definitely going to be carrying with me as I move forward. 
So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a child-free woman and this really, or maybe somebody who's on the fence about joining child-free, I really encourage you to visit my website. And there's also a link in the show notes, hollycrevo.com forward slash tools. And I've got a great um, life map for you to really walk through things to think about when you're trying to make this decision and really just a great brainstorming exercise for you to gain some clarity. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everybody is doing well wherever this finds you. And remember, I'm rooting for you.